Good morning. So good to see everyone out on this bright sunny morning. I'll ask that you stand with me as we start our service by singing hymn number 366, Let Us Break Bread Together. Cindy is going to be pulling up the uh, Annie Armstrong um, video for us this morning and and of course we want to remind us about the Annie Armstrong Easter offering as as we watch that um, but as we're in just a moment we're going to be receiving the Lord's Supper and I just wanted to just remind us as we begin uh, this service about what Jesus did for us and I pray this morning that that we would realize there's nothing greater uh, there's nothing more powerful than being reminded of the great love and the amazing grace that Jesus demonstrated. The Bible tells us in Romans 5, 8 that God demonstrated his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, he knew us and, and we rebelled against him. He, he knew us and while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And so I want to open this service this morning reminding us uh, once again about uh, the greatest love of all that Jesus demonstrated for us on the cross let's pray together heavenly father oh lord we are grateful for this day and lord as we think about uh receiving the bread and receiving the juice lord that represents your body and blood lord we we are grateful this morning for the reminder and we do remember lord thank you and i pray this morning god that that you'll help us to look to you right now turn our face toward the the, the, the rising sun, Lord, as, as bright as it is, the glory of, of God, Lord, I pray that we'll look to you, and Lord, we'll be so thankful, God, that you'll encourage us even right now as we're reminded of the greatest love 
of all in Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Help us to worship you this morning. And thank you that that's the story that we need to be sharing. Lord, the love of Jesus and what you did for us. Thank you, Lord. Help us today, we pray in your name. Anywhere in North America, wherever you're led to go, and however you dream of getting there, we are with you. We are the North American Mission Board. In big cities and small towns and college campuses and military communities, anywhere and everywhere there are people who need to hear the gospel, we are there. And together with you and your church, we're planning churches everywhere for everyone. Through Send Network, we've helped Southern Baptists plant more than 8,700 new congregations just in the last decade. And that is history making. If we continue at that pace, by the year 2030, one third of all SBC churches will have been planted since 2010. Through Send Relief, we're meeting physical and spiritual needs at ministry centers near and far. In Las Vegas and Appalachia and Puerto Rico and everywhere in between. Together, 30,000 volunteers and missionaries from all over North America are feeding, helping, welcoming, and loving. And as they do, they're earning opportunities to share the gospel with people who've never heard it before. Through Who's Your One, tens of thousands of us have committed to pray for and share the gospel with one lost family member, friend, or neighbor. Those commitments have led to countless gospel conversations and those gospel conversations are now leading to countless baptisms. Those are the kinds of things we do together. We send more than 3,000 chaplains to hospitals and prisons and military bases. And you give tens of millions of dollars to the Annie Armstrong Easter offering so that together we send missionaries over the US and Canada. The end result of all those things is this. Believers are sent, needs are met, churches are planted, and souls are saved. It's a beautiful thing, because we're all in it, together. Gospel conversations. I pray that that's something that we do on a, on a weekly, if not daily basis. Brag on our Lord and Savior. Talk about Jesus and tell people about how the Lord is faithful and how God is good and how... We call on him and we pray and he hears and he answers and he's near and he assures us and, and all of that. I pray that, uh, that we'll have those, those conversations. And uh, of course, the Annie Armstrong Easter offering is for North American missionaries, uh, both here in the United States and Canada. And so we want to pray for those missionaries and uh, support them. And not only uh, through the most powerful way of prayer, uh, but also uh, through our giving. And right now we're about halfway there of the goal that we've set. So I just want to uh, remind you about that. And also remind us that, that we have a, a mission field right here in Liberty. And uh, we go outside these walls and, and we interact with, with folks each and every day. And I pray as we are thinking about Friend Day, which will be next Sunday, that God has laid someone on our hearts, and that we'll pray for them, and that we'll reach out to them, and uh, that we will encourage them and invite them and maybe even bring them uh, to church with us uh, next Sunday. So please remember Friend Day. Also, um, next Saturday is our kids' Easter celebration, and, and Doug has, has made available uh, these flyers that, uh, that announce it, that has the details on it. And so I want to encourage you 
even if you don't have a child but you have neighbors that have kids or co-workers that have kids I encourage you to take one or two of these or, or however many you need and I hope you'll take it with you and maybe go knock on that door of your neighbor and say hey you know we've got a Easter egg hunt coming up Saturday and uh, we'd love for your child love for y'all to come and participate it's going to be a lot of fun uh, we'll be celebrating the risen Christ and and uh, lunch will be provided it's going to be a great day this coming Saturday at nine o'clock I'm sorry at eleven o'clock it's the ninth but it'll be at eleven o'clock and of course um, you know just uh, encourage you to invite and reach out and perhaps that might open the door to encourage them to come on and, and join you on Sunday morning and that's that's what it's all about and so uh, just remind you about that I pray that we will uh, unite together and we will reach out uh, to our friends and invite them uh, this coming uh, Sunday morning and uh, so please pick up some of these flyers and, and take them with you and, um, and invite your friends and, and their kids to be with us. Also, Young at Heart, uh, we had planned to go out on Tuesday, but it looks like the weather's not going to cooperate, so we're, we're going to suspend that, and we'll, we'll meet together again on Tuesday next month, and we'll get information out about that. But Young at Heart, you're invited to join us on Saturday at lunch, and so I hope you'll be here down in the fellowship hall, and, and uh, just be a, a great gathering together. Have the kids here with us, and the Young at Heart joining us, and hot dog lunch will be provided, so... Um, hot dogs are just especially good on Saturday, aren't they? That just makes a great lunch. And so you come on and join us. That's right. You come on and join us. Young at Heart, we'd love to have you um, at, at 12 o'clock for, um, for our lunch. So just want to remind you about that. And then, of course, um, next Sunday night is the start of our spring revival. And um, so I'm excited about that. I met this past week with, uh, with Zach and with his music uh, minister, uh, Paul, and and uh, we, we uh, prayed together and, and, and talked about the upcoming uh, spring revival and they're excited they're gonna uh, move their church service here next Sunday night and so it's gonna be a great time and we're praying for a wonderful week and I pray that God will renew us and God will revive us as we get ever closer to Easter Sunday so just want to remind you about that please continue to pray for spring revival and and uh, praying for God to do great things so excited uh, looking forward to that and uh, just want to remind you about that. Um, also, um, as we pray this morning, I want to ask if you would please continue to pray for uh, Aaron Whitmire. We continue to pray for Aaron. And also, uh, Vicky's brother um, had procedure this week, and uh, we continue to, to lift him up. And, um, and then uh, Carol Hathcock, uh, she's um, had a tough time these last couple of weeks, and she's one of our uh, uh, newest members and uh, been in Sunday school and, and sits right back there uh, in the back back there and, and uh, she's just not been able to be with us and and so uh, let's pray for Miss Carol uh, she's been in and out of the hospital and just having a tough time uh, so let's please remember Carol Hathcock and then uh, Lewis and Nancy Edwards let's continue to remember them in prayer uh, Lewis had shared that his his dear wife Nancy will be having a procedure on her lung today perhaps even right now as we as we gather together so we want to pray uh, for them this morning as well and so uh, as we do that as we call on the Lord in prayer uh, let's please also remember our shut-in and of course Miss Mary Carty uh, she's our shut-in of the week and so let's remember her as we pray this morning and perhaps maybe uh, you may have time to contact her or send her a card and encourage her this week but um, it's so good to see you this morning if you're visiting with us we're delighted to have you with us and I'm, I'm glad that you're here together with us this morning Yes, thank you for reminding us about that, Miss Lynn Baker. 
I know they had the service for her on Friday. And um, so let's remember this family during this time as well. Uh, thank you for being here this morning. And, um, and I pray that you'll, your heart will be touched and you'll be blessed this morning. And of course, in, in just a little bit, we'll be observing the Lord's Supper as well. What a privilege to do that, to remember what Jesus did for us. And I just want to encourage you today. Don't know what you're going through. Don't know what uh, circumstances or what, what you might be dealing with. Uh, but the shepherd, our Lord, is with us every step of the way. He's faithful. And so we want to turn to him right now and ask for God's help. And ask for God to, to speak to us and have his way today, this morning. I invite those of you who would, uh, gather around the altar with us this morning, if you would. And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We just acknowledge that you're great, that you're holy and righteous and true. There's none like you. You are supreme and mighty. And we need you, Lord. There's so much evil and, and so much bad and negative in this world that can just get us down and be downright depressing. But Lord, I thank you that we can look above and we can find hope and we can find strength and grace to help in our time of need. And so we do that right now. God, we call on your name. Lord, I, I think about Bob Collins right now. Lord, I, I lift him up to you and those that are caring for him. Lord, I pray they'll give him proper care. And I pray for your mercy, Lord. And we ask God that you would just comfort his heart and his mind. And uh, we pray for Kathy and for Jennifer and Stoney, the family, Lord. We lift them up to you. And, and Lord, we pray also, Lord, for uh, Miss Nancy Edwards having procedure this morning. I pray that you will guide the doctors and, Lord, that you would be merciful and, and uh, Lord, that they would have a successful procedure. And, God, that she would continue to improve, her and her, her husband, Lewis. We pray for them this morning. And, Lord, we pray for Aaron Whitmire. We thank you for him. It's good to see him here this morning. And I pray that you will touch. And I pray, Lord, for him as well. We lift uh, Jennifer and Gabe up also and just pray for them. And, God, we love them so much. And we know, Lord, that you love them. And I pray you'll encourage them and, and just help us, Lord, we pray as we look to you. We thank you for the help from above. It's like a help that we can't find in this world. It makes the difference, and I thank you for that. Lord, you are real. We call on you. And I thank you, Lord, that your word assures us that as your sheep, Lord, you know our names. You know us, and we know you. And what a difference that makes. So, Lord, I pray that you'll just make yourself even more known to us, God, as we trust you and as we look to you. Lord, I pray for this service. I pray that you will speak to hearts. God, that you will be glorified. Lord, we remember all that you did for us on the cross. We're so unworthy and so undeserving, but we are grateful today. And Lord, we would, we would be hopeless if it weren't for you. So we look to you today and we ask for your help and for your strength, for your blessing. Lord, I do also want to pray for Miss Carol Hathcock. God, that you will be merciful and you'll touch her as well. Thank you, Lord, for our church. Every ministry, every member, Every individual, Lord, I pray, God, that you will be glorified and that we'll trust you more and more. And God, I pray for Friend Day coming up next Sunday. May we have conversations with neighbors and coworkers and family, friends, God, that we would invite them. And Lord, God, that you would prepare their hearts as well. We'd love to see them here on Saturday at the Egg Hunt or on Sunday for Friend Day. And then as we start Spring Revival, Lord, I pray that you'll be lifted up and you'll be glorified. And God, that we'll love you, draw ever closer to you, God, that you'll do a work in our hearts, Lord. You'll draw us closer to you and that you'll change lives, Lord, for your glory and for our good. 
Bless us again, Lord, today, we ask. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Well, let's stand together in fellowship. I hope that you will tell somebody that, that you love them and also that Jesus is coming again. What a great reminder.
soon as Dana keeps quits talking, we're going. <laughs> nice to know who you pick on. <laughs> if you'll turn with me to 295, our offertory hymn will be near to the heart of God.
that we are here for no other reason but to exalt and lift up and magnify and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and on this day we receive the Lord's Supper, we, we certainly remember. Of course, we need to remember every day. And to not remember is, is really to, um, you know, to kind of get over what Jesus has done for us. And, and that should never be the case. We should never get over it. And the question I have is how could we ever get over what Jesus has done for us when we think about it, how we're undeserving and how he was undeserving of what he endured, even death on the cross, and he died. The, the manner in which he died didn't even look human, was beat, was nailed to the cross, crown of thorns on his brow, and, of course, the, the spear thrust in his side, blood and water flowed, and, and uh, while Jesus was there on the cross dying for you and for me, we were there with him, maybe not physically, but he died for you, and he died for me. And so we need to remember that. And um, I think about John 3.16. It's always good to personalize that. You know, insert your name. For God so loved Mark, or for God so loved, insert your name, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you have everlasting life this morning? Do you know Jesus? I pray that you do. And as Stoney prayed just a few moments ago, if not, then I can't think of a better time than right here and now. Today can be the day of salvation. And I pray that it would be, that we would leave this place rejoicing and changed. And anytime somebody comes to the Father, anytime somebody gets right with God, that's reason to celebrate. Forgiveness leads to celebration. And that's what I want to preach to you for a few moments this morning before we observe the Lord's Supper. And so if you'll turn with me to uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, and uh, we'll be starting at verse uh, 20. You know, reunions are special. I have good memories of traveling to Goldsboro, North Carolina with our family every year. You know, for consecutive years as a child, uh, we would go to our annual family reunion during the, the week of the 4th. You know, there was checking in to the Holiday Inn and swimming in the pool with cousins. I remember... You know, one of my older cousins would, would jump in and splash his sister. And I thought that was so funny, you know. And I wanted to do that to my sister. Well, my sister didn't think that was too funny. And, uh, but I remember that, getting to see some cousins that I didn't normally get to see a lot. And, um, and being there at that, at that Holiday Inn. And, and, of course, there was Wilbur's Barbecue there in Goldsboro. For the first night, you know, we'd go and have some great barbecue. And we were just fascinated. We'd walk around and we'd see, you know, where, where they would smoke and, and all that kind of stuff, smoke the pig and all that, prepare the pig. It was just impressive. And, um, and we would enjoy that good time of seeing family and fellowshipping together. Um, you know, it was a time of, of remembering, um, you know, as I, as I reflect back, remembering how special it was, though I didn't really understand at the time. Isn't that how it is? We, we kind of take it for granted at the time, but now that those are, are, are days gone by, it's just it's, it's so special even to have the memory. I think about my grandmother. She would just glow uh, when we would go to the family reunion. She would see her sisters. And, and I remember uh, we would stop at the gas station to fill up. And, and, and my grandmother would, you know, would, 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 she'd get to talking to the people. But we're going to a family reunion. We're on the road. And then the car behind them will be blowing the horn. You know, get out of the way, you know. Uh, but she didn't care. She just, she was going to be with family for family reunion. I remember one year uh, we had CBs. I guess I don't know whose idea it was. Maybe Dad or we just thought it'd be good to have CBs so we could communicate back and forth with each other. And and so I was getting on the CB talking with my papa, and um, and I remember I was talking. He he would respond, and then finally he wouldn't respond anymore. 
And I said, Dad, is the CB broken? He said, no, he's probably just tired of hearing you. <laughs> and, uh, but I just, I remember those, those times and, you know, family reunions. But what if something happens? What if there was a separation from, from gathering together with family? like I just described. Maybe, maybe some of you have good memories of family reunions. We just don't seem to do that anymore. And, and as I understand it, uh, down at the lower lot of the church here, uh, there was a, like a picnic shelter. And, uh, and there would be Sunday go-to-dinners. You know, the Liberty First Baptist folks would go down uh, to the lower yard down there and would enjoy, you know, a good... And perhaps there was even family reunions there. And a lot of times, you know, we would go to a church and maybe there were... There were fellowships here at, at our church of family reunion. How special those are. But what if there was something and there was a separation that came? Maybe, maybe it was a, a wrongdoing or, or a disagreement. And, and folks had said, we just aren't going to speak to each other again. You know, things like that. Um, reunions and being together with family can take on a whole different kind of intensity and emotion. When some kind of separation, when something like that happens... Well, Jesus told of the reunion between a man and his family to illustrate the joy that we should share when God welcomes home a wayward child. Now, we've all strayed. The Bible compares us to sheep. We were talking about this in Sunday school this morning. You know, we are sheep, and we think about the characteristics of sheep. They like to stray, and they like to wonder. They're defenseless, and they're just plain old dumb, you know. You think about that game you play with the pegs at Cracker Barrel. I'm just always plain old dumb, you know, or an ignoramus. I don't know if that's worse or, or, or whatever, but, but that's, that's us. It? We're just all, we're sheep, and we need someone to protect us and someone to guide us and someone to feed us. And, and we find that in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we realize that we are all we like sheep have gone astray, we realize that we have strayed and that we need to come back to God. It's a celebration. It's a great day. Matter of fact, the greatest day in your life is when you knew that you needed Jesus and you turned to Him and, and you trusted Him as your Lord and Savior. What a joy. What a celebration. And we see that same picture here with the prodigal son. And a very familiar passage of Scripture. And this morning, uh, we're going to look at this Scripture where the, par of the parable of all son. And we're going to see that there, there needs to be celebration when, when there's restoration and when there's forgiveness that takes place. Now that, that's real joy. That's, that's real celebration right there. Uh, nothing in this world can compare to that. Now I know Miss Martha's glowing this morning because her Tar Heels are going to the national championship game. And I, and I understand. I, I understand that. But I want you to know the greatest celebration is when someone comes home to God. We were straying. We were wondered. We were far off. And we realized and we turned away from all of that and said, I'm going, I'm coming home. And I pray this morning that every one of us, you know, that we can make sure that we are coming back to God. And that's the reason to celebrate. So let's celebrate today as we look to God and we trust Him this morning. And uh, we're going to see, first of all, uh, here in Luke 15, verses 20 through 24, that God offers forgiveness to those who repent. Now, that's a repentance is a church word, you know. Um, but it just simply means a, a change of mind that leads to a change of direction. We're talking about a 180, not a 360. Well, I'm going to turn around, but then I'm going to keep going back where I was at. No, it's a 180 turn. We make up our mind. We realize, you know, uh, I've come to myself, and I don't like who I am. I see where I'm at, and I know that I need help. And, I, and the only way is Jesus, and I turn to him. And so we pick up in this story of the prodigal son, 
um, when he took action. He realized, you know, his money was gone. The famine only made it worse. And he had nowhere else to go. And Jesus even stated in verse 17 that he came to himself. He came to his senses. He came to his senses. And it's amazing what hitting rock bottom will do for us. Sometimes we learn valuable lessons the hard way. The best thing we can do when we hit rock bottom is learn instead of remaining at rock bottom. We don't have to remain. We don't have to stay there. So with that in mind, let's look at verse uh, 20 through 24 as we begin this morning. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf and here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. What a reason to celebrate. The son has come home. He's turned from his rebellious ways, and he's come back to the Father. Heavenly, Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the powerful word of God, Lord, that we read before us here today. And God, I pray that what we see here would be indicative of our hearts. God, that we will turn back to you. God, that we will trust you. God, that you'll forgive. And God, that you'll bring restoration that only you can give. Lord, set us free today. Help us to celebrate, Lord as we come back to you. May we come home, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there's a real change that was now happening in verse 20. And it began with, and he arose and came to his father. He didn't stay where he was at. He arose and he came to his father. What he was actually doing was turning from rebellion and turning back to his only source of hope. Where else could he go? He didn't have anywhere else to go. I, I guess I'll just go back to my father. And that's what he did. He didn't remain where he was at. And that's repentance, by the way. And the one that repents is the only one that can truly be forgiven. And, and um, when we repent and turn back to God, we come to God on his terms. We don't ask God to come meet us where we are. We go back to where he's at. And, and we ask forgiveness. We trust him by faith. That's the one that will experience forgiveness. That's, that's repentance. So uh, he was hungry. He could have eaten the pig slop. The son recognized how far he had fallen. So he arose. He took action. He got up. He didn't remain where he was at. And, and not only did that refer to him physically, but it was also a metaphor of spiritually. He didn't stay where he was at. He got up physically, but he also got up spiritually. And he went back to his father. He went back to his only source of hope. And when the father saw the son, he was still a long ways off before he reached the house and he had compassion on his boy. You know, I just think you know, the Bible talks about that he saw him afar, a, a, a way out, a long ways off. And I wonder about that. Why, why was it that, that uh, he didn't see him when, uh, when he finally got, reached the house? Why, why was it that he saw him afar off? Well, I, I think that the father multiple times had been looking for the son. Just, he didn't go looking for him, but he was way, he's wanting him to come home. And so he's looking afar off, and there he is. He sees his son. I, I think he had been watching. He had been waiting 
for his I just wonder this morning how could it be that this morning the father our heavenly father is waiting on some of us this morning to return to come back oh how he wants us to come home the father was looking for the son and when the father saw him he reacted decisively he showed compassion on him he probably saw his 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 ragged appearance and smelled the pig slop but there was no need for explanations the father responded with compassion and with love what a great picture of God's love as the, the father fell on his neck and continued kissing him continually as love and compassion flowed from his heart to his son that had returned true to his plan his son spoke the words that he had rehearsed in the pig pen you, you remember that you know, there was no trying to rationalize or, or play the blame game that we often do a lot of times. He was just going to confess that he had sinned, ultimately against God. And he accepted responsibility for his actions. Well, that's, that's, that's true repentance right there. We accept our condition. We accept. We take responsibility. Lord, I have turned and rebelled against you. And I'm not going to blame my friend that, that maybe had a part in it. Yeah, they might have. But they didn't do anything that I didn't want to do myself. And I'm out here at the pig slop, and I'm far from God, not, not because the devil made me do it, but because I chose with my eyes wide open, and I made poor choices, and here I am. I'm now in the pig slop. And so he had rehearsed and was going to tell his father, I am no worthy to be called your son. He was, he was about to ask to just be made a, a hired hand a hired servant but the father spoke with joy commanding his servants what did the father say bring the best robe and put a ring on his hand and that that ring represented authority and put shoes on his feet let's let's get him cleaned up and 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 the and, and you know the, the hired servants uh, they were to bring the fatted calf and to kill it and make preparations for an exceptional celebration let us eat and be merry the father said What's all this about? Well, the son has come home. <laughs> the son has, has returned. He's came to himself. He's not, he's not rebelling anymore. He's not out in sin with harlots and all the things that he was involved with. He's hit rock bottom, and he's chosen, instead of playing the blame game or saying, why me, and having all these all this excuses, he's chosen to do something about it and to get up and to return back to the father. And the father received him with compassion. You see, what we need to understand is there, there's no celebration, there's no compassion for the son if he remained where he was at. And see, that's, that's, that's where our theology is messed up in 2022. We think we can stay in the pig slot. We think that we can just continue to do our own way and, and thumb our nose up at God and just because God, you love me as I am, and we just stay as we are and we don't repent, we don't turn. Well, we're out, without repentance, there's no forgiveness. And without, without forgiveness, there's no reason to celebrate. But the son, he was afar off and he had wandered and he would strayed away from God. And there he found himself in a pitiful sight in the pig slop, far from where he needed to be. But he didn't remain. He didn't make excuses. He accepted responsibility. I am no more worthy to be called your son. Kind of like the publican when the Pharisee was thanking God he wasn't like him. The publican's like, I, I just hang my head. And I beat my chest because he's right. Those things that he said about me is right. You know, I, I'm an extortioner. And, and I've, 
you know, I have committed adultery and I've done all these things and I just hang my head and he couldn't even lift up and all he could say is, oh God, have mercy on me. Jesus said, that man right there is the one that's going to find favor, that's going to be blessed. Why? Because he repented. Because he turned and here the the prodigal son is, he's far from where he needs to be and he comes back home and his father shows compassion and love. I'm telling you this morning, I don't care what you've done. I don't care how far you are from God. You come back to God and He'll meet you just like the Father met the Son right here. He will meet you and He will show love and compassion and restoration. Yes, He will. We serve a God of second chances. Somebody say amen. Praise God for that. He will meet you. The devil will say, you've too far. Uh, You've done it again. God's given up on you. God doesn't care about you. But I'm reminded here in this passage of Scripture that the Son came home to the Father and the Father celebrated and the Father had compassion and love. You know, really, the the young man was lost in more ways than the Father not knowing where he was. He was lost long before he left home. The Father didn't minimize his son's sin. But now the dead was alive again. The lost had been found. They, the entire household, joined the Father's happiness. As the Son returned, He found acceptance and grace. Now this is not cheap grace. It was costly to the Father. Even the slaughtered animal was part of the family wealth. You know, it took time to slaughter this this animal and and to prepare it and and to cook it. So this allowed time for the the Son to get cleaned up. They, They put on... They put on a ring and sandals on his feet and, 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 and a robe and, and, and all of this. And, and he, he was so much better now than, than where he was. You know, we can, we can stay where we are or we can, we can get right with God and come back where we need to be. And life's always better when we get right with God. And that's what this son, he came home. He came back to the father. But it was costly to the father. It was costly to the family because of the, the, the slaughtered animal. This is all grace. Did the son deserve it? No. He had already gotten his father's inheritance and squandered it. He didn't deserve any of this. The son arose and made a U-turn called repentance for, uh, turning, for, for running away from home and, and, and for going far from where he needed to be. But he's cleaned himself up now. And he came home. Now here's what I want you to understand about this. Christianity is not clean yourself up and run to God. No. You get up where you are and you run to God. Run to God and He will make you clean. (laughs) If we wait to try to clean ourselves up, we'll never do it. And by the way, we can't clean ourselves up. But thank God for the blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood. Wonder-working power in the blood. And we are made right with God. We are cleansed. And so we run to God. And because we're, we're filthy and dirty and we need to be clean, that's why we run to Him. Because He will make us clean. We see that here when the son repented and went back home to the father. That's the key is repentance. Repent and believe. That's the key. That brings forgiveness and that brings victory. And oh yeah, it brings a reason to celebrate. But I want us to see second of all in verses 25 and 30 that jealousy can rob believers of the joy of others coming to Christ. Jealousy. Don't you just hate jealousy? It's like a root that takes up in our hearts. And it robs us of joy. And here is good news. The son has returned. And, and he's cleaned up. And he's, 
there's celebration that deserves to take place because he's, he's come back home. But the older son was not present at the brother's homecoming because he was in the field, likely supervising the laborers as they tended the crops. Look at this here in verse uh, 25. Now his older son was in the field, and he came and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to them, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the defatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. There's jealous rage now. Therefore his father came out and, and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I have never transgressed uh, your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might be merry or make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. When, uh, when he drew near to the house, the, the, the older son, he heard something. It sounded like a celebration. I've missed an out on something. What's, what's going on? So obviously he wanted to know what was taking place, so he asked one of the servants. And he responded by explaining everything that had occurred. And he referred to the prodigal, he referred to his younger brother as your brother. I imagine that the servant shared the same excitement as the father and probably expected the older brother to share in that excitement. Well, that didn't happen. What was most shocking to the older brother was that his father killed the, the fatted calf, which was, you know, the, the use of the definite article, the, the fatted calf, that, that, was, that means that it was unique. They were saving that fatted calf for a, a, a special occasion. And so the, the servant supplied the reason for the, uh, the celebration. He, talking about the father, has received him, talking about the younger son, safe and sound. The father rejoiced because the prodigal had returned and he was whole again. And so the servant is, is sharing good news with the older son. But the son was jealous and angry. The cost of throwing a feast with the family livestock was costly to the family. And it also included the older brother's account. And he lost a portion of his inheritance to bring back the younger, rebellious son into the family. And so the older son, he's not worth it. Well, why, why are you wasting all of this? It just seemed like a waste. Well, look at verses uh, 28 and, and 30 once again. He was angry. He would not go in. He refused. The father's celebrating. All the household, the servants, they're celebrating. But the older was angry and he would not go in. Therefore his father came and, and he pleaded with him. And he answered to his father, Lo, all these years I've been serving. I have never transgressed. And you know he was right. He hadn't done what his younger son had done. And he says, You've, what, you haven't even given me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours, you notice that, your son, it's almost like, uh, you know, parents with our kids. Um, you know, the, the mom will say, that's your son. <laughs> or the dad will say, that's, that's your daughter or whatever. That's, as soon as your son, not my brother, but your, as soon as he comes home, you, you take and, and have all this celebration. You make merry and you're glad. 
He's, he's, he's t- let me remind you what, he, what he's done. By the way, this is what the devil does. The devil reminds us of our past. He says, you know what he's done? He, he's, he's squandered and devoured your livelihood with harlots. And so you respond with that by, by killing the fatted calf? The devil reminds... You, we saw in Job recently where the devil reported to the Lord. And he's accusing Job to the death. That's what the devil does. So anytime that you want to go down memory lane and remind somebody of their past, you're, you're acting more like the devil than anything else. That's what the old brother's, brother's doing. The old brother is only thinking of himself. Yeah, he was guilty of all those things. Think about you and I. We're guilty of our, in our sin. You and I are responsible for the death of Jesus. He died because of my sin and your sin. But he willingly endured all of that for you and for me. It cost the father. It cost the inheritance that the, that the younger son squandered. It cost the, the, the celebration and all that was taking place in the older son's life. He's not worth it. You know, the devil doesn't think that you and I are worth what, what Jesus did. But you know what Jesus had to say about it? It's like the old saying, somebody asked Jesus how much did he love us? He stretched out his hands and he showed us how much he loved us when he died on the cross. We're so undeserving. The, the, the older son was right. The younger son was guilty of every bit of that. But the father says, he's my son. He's worthy. And so they celebrated because he was home and the and the father what a sad what what a sad you know conversation here pleading with him to come, come your brother come home he's come and he's pleading with him to to come and, and and take part in the celebration but the younger brother would not because of of jealousy and you know maybe to make matters worse the older son he's been serving like one of the father's slaves spending a hard day in the fields before encountering this celebration for a son. Was he working in the field? No. The older brother responded. What, I'm, what I want us to understand here is the older brother responded like the Pharisees and others who resented Jesus' attention to sinners. Jesus, you're hanging out with tax collectors and sinners? What are you doing? They just didn't think that that was right. And like the older brother, we can think God owes us something because of our faithfulness. God doesn't owe us anything, but thank God. Salvation is available through Jesus because of the cross. The reality is that when someone repents, someone comes home, gets right with God, it's truly something to celebrate. It's not something to take issue with and become jealous over. Now, it's a little bit harder when it's brothers, I know. Brother, brothers can, can fight and feud and, 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 and all of that, I, I, I know. But still, his brother came home. He was made whole again. Yeah, he was rebellious and he squandered. He did all of that but he's come home. The father received him with compassion. No need to explain anything. The father kissed him and went running and met him and embraced him and celebrated because he had come home. What a change for the younger son. Rebellious, running away, but when he lost it all, he came to himself. And you know, I just want to say, sometimes it takes that, doesn't it? Sometimes it takes us losing it all. Sometimes it takes us falling flat on our backs. All we can do is look up, man. But it doesn't have to be that way. God, God is still there. God is still faithful if that's the case. But we don't have to let it get to that. 
let's just honor God and trust God and turn to God and here the prodigal son has returned and you know there might be someone man this really hits home maybe there's there's someone that you don't think deserves forgiveness and you just you're you're you just there's almost hatred there bitterness toward them but anytime a sinner comes home it's worthy of celebration that's the grace of God did, did I deserve it did you deserve it no none of us deserve it but thank God for his grace and if we respond with any other way than celebrating a sinner coming home salvation then we've got the wrong focus and I'm grateful that God received me if you're saved this morning God received you we didn't deserve it but thank God for his grace and we ought to celebrate well in closing I want us to see verses 31 and 32 that we should celebrate the salvation of others notice here I love the response of the father he's, he's affirmed his older son he's responding to his older son and he said to him in verse 31 son you are always with me and I and all that I all that I have is yours you know it's the, the, the father didn't have to do that but he's reminding the older son you've, yes you're right you've always been with me and all that I have is still yours verse 32 it is right or it was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again was lost and is found so the, the father has, has made it clear that it was right to do this it's right to celebrate matter of fact heaven's doing it <laughs> when somebody comes home and comes to the father listen they're, they're robed in the righteousness of Christ and they are cleansed and, and, and they're no longer in the pig slot but they have, they have been brought up and resurrected out of the miry pit and the, hor- the, the miry clay and the horrible pit God has restored and brought, brought victory and God has forgiven them And in the presence of angels, when one lost sinner comes home, there's rejoicing. So you know what? Do you really think that we're going to go to heaven if there's some that we don't celebrate coming back to God? Because that's what's happening in heaven. Are you heavenly people? (laughs) If If we're believers and we say we're going to heaven, then there's not one person that we won't celebrate coming home. I don't care their ethnicity. I don't care... You know where they're from, how poor, how rich, or, or how, if they're on death row. That's hard, isn't it? We, we don't understand. We think hell is for death row people, but if they come to Christ and they they repent and and they receive the gospel, they trust Jesus. Yes, they absolutely their sins will be washed away, just like yours and I was. We didn't deserve it, but praise God. So they make merry. The Father says it's right. We should celebrate because his brother was brought from death to life. He was lost and now he's found. And you know, we may not have some dramatic testimony. We may have been raised in church our whole life. And our testimony might just be that I sat in a church pew and I heard the gospel. And I knew that I was guilty and I needed salvation. I didn't get hooked on drugs and, and, and I, I, didn't, I, was, I didn't serve time, you know, and, and um, near-death experiences because of you know, because of, of alcohol or drugs. and I don't have a dramatic testimony, but here's what I'm trying to say. It took as much blood of the Jesus to save someone sitting in a church pew as it, as it does to save someone sitting on death row because we're all sinners. We're all wicked, rebellious against God. And anytime someone comes home, 
man, it's worth celebrating. What a wonderful change for the younger son. We should always celebrate the, the salvation, the restoration, the forgiveness of others. Oh, how I pray that there'll be celebration this morning. That heaven will celebrate, that we'll celebrate with someone coming home, just like the prodigal son. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning. What a wonderful, encouraging, powerful story of the prodigal son here. And the reality is, Lord, we're, we're all like that. I pray that we've all returned, and God, that we are right with you. But it could be this morning that maybe there's someone that's running from God. Someone that needs to come home this morning. Oh, they, they sit in church and wear the facades and the mask, and, and we smile, and, and we tell everybody we're doing fine. But on the inside, Lord, we're, we're far from you. We need to come home. I pray someone will come home this morning. The Savior is waiting with open arms. I pray this morning that we'll come home. God, that we'll trust you. Not stay where we are anymore, but let's come home and let's celebrate. Let's be free this morning. Have your way and will, Lord Jesus. I pray that we'll respond and say yes in your precious name. Amen. As Donna leads us this morning, what a great hymn of invitation. Just as I am. That's how we come. We don't try to clean ourselves up and then come. No, just as we are, we come as we are, and we trust God, and then He does the cleaning, and He does the rest. Because if we do it, it won't last. But what God does, it will last for all eternity. So would you stand together, please? I encourage you to come right now. Don't delay. Let's come home this morning. Let's let there be celebration taking place this morning as we come home to the Lord. Trust in God. Come this morning. Just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blood to Music's going to continue and no more singing. I just wonder this morning, are you taking somebody to heaven with you? Now, I don't mean that we can save anybody, but I mean that we have gospel conversations like we saw in the video. We're not silent about our faith. We live it out each and every day. What about that friend? Surely God would lay someone on our hearts that we can reach out to and invite. And so as we do that, we can impact their life. And it could be that God will use us that they would come to Christ, see Jesus in us. That's what I mean by taking someone to heaven with us. Let's do that. And as we think about Friend Day next Sunday morning, could it be that at this hour a week ago, 
there could be someone here that you invited that might respond and that their life would be, never be the same again, that God would change them. Who is it this morning that's on our hearts? I, the altar is open. Let's pray. Maybe you know someone that has strayed and they're far from God. I don't believe, uh, there's Miss Betsy. Uh, Miss Betsy's here and oftentimes she will ask us to pray for a family member. Maybe you have a family member. Maybe you have a friend, somebody that you know is running from God. The altar is open. Let's pray for them this morning. Maybe it's you. Maybe you're not right where you need to be. Maybe you're running from God. The altar is open. I encourage us to come. Chrissy's going to play through one other verse. I encourage you to come right now. I remind you that we're going to be observing the Lord's Supper. The Bible warns us about the danger of participating in an unworthy manner. That just simply means if there's any unconfessed sin in our life that we need to confess, let's ask forgiveness. Let's get right with God. So I encourage you right now, let's use this time to prepare our hearts and confess to, to be ready for partaking of the Lord's Supper. Thank you so much. As we uh, begin the, the Lord's Supper, I, I want to encourage you at this time to you know, maybe go to somebody and uh, embrace them, hug them, shake their hand, tell them that you love them. And let's fellowship a little bit as our deacons come forward, and then, uh, then we'll have a word of prayer in just a moment. So take some time right now. Let's fellowship and as we prepare for the Lord's Supper. Thank you. You may be seated. As we begin, let's go to the Lord in prayer and, and uh, let's remember and let's thank God. Heavenly Father, we come before you and Lord, we just thank you for the privilege of participating in the Lord's Supper as we remember the body and the blood of Jesus. Thank you for your amazing love and your amazing grace. Encourage our hearts now, Lord Jesus. 
with your great love as we remember all that you did for us. In your precious name, amen. Well, I want to uh, begin by reading 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 24. The Apostle Paul says, I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. And in just a moment, our deacons are going to pass out the elements, and I just encourage us, we... You know, this morning, this is a very sacred time, but it's a very privileged time to remember the body and the, the blood of the Lord Jesus. And we practice open communion. That, that simply means you may not be a member of our church, but as long as you're a member of the family of God, you've, you're a Christian and you've placed your faith in Jesus, we welcome and encourage you to participate with us. So at this time, uh, our deacons will, will distribute. Now, these, these uh, portion or these uh, communion cups... Uh, they have the juice and the wafer uh, all together in the same cup. Uh, the clear cellophane is the first one that you need to peel off to, to receive the bread. So just be sure we, we've tried to separate that. We've done this before, but I just wanted to explain that again. So, men.
this time I'm going to ask Matt Kiesler if he would, if he would bless the the body or the thank God for the body of the Lord Jesus. Continuing to read in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 24. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Also in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 25. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. And I'm going to ask Gabe, if you would, brother, if you'd pray, give thanks for the, the blood of the Lord Jesus. This do as oft as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the Lord's death until he comes. Now show means that we proclaim and that we declare and we announce what the Lord Jesus did for us. And that's what we're doing today. By participating in the Lord's Supper, we're declaring and we're sharing that we believe in what Jesus did for us. Also, we think about what's to come. Jesus shared that, that he would not participate with us in the Lord's Supper until uh, we participate in afresh and anew in the marriage supper of the Lamb when we, after the rapture, when we're called up to be with him, we'll gather once again. And that's why we have this empty chair here to remind us of that time. But until then, I pray that we will declare and that we will share what the Lord Jesus did for us. And that we will worship Him and love Him and be faithful to Him until He calls us home. The Bible says that after the Lord's Supper, they sang a hymn before departing. So I'm going to ask Donna if she'll come. And would you stand with us? This will be our closing prayer as we sing a hymn together and, uh, and sing praise to God as we dismiss. <laughs> 